back to third talk. He's definitely the jump season now. Over the last few weeks, we still had to put up a little with a couple of the flat rats, mainly over in America last week, where even Flightline, a horse running on a greyhound track, managed to impress me. But less cold is wish, more cool Cody this weekend. Back at Cheltenham, three-day meeting, unbelievable stuff. We're recording this on Thursday evening. So I'll throw it straight over to Jim Watson. Any fancies on Friday before we get stuck into the, the cards we can actually have a bit of analysis of? Straight into it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Amarillo's guy. Um, I think I think he's got a lot of potential off the mark of 140. Um, they obviously thought he was a fairly decent animal to pitch you into that grade one towards the end of entry last season. And I, I think uh, if he learns to settle... Uh, He's, he'll have a very good chance. He's only five pound higher than bolting up at Newbury, um, beating Shake him up, Harry and Goa Lily, who, who are no mugs. Um, another summer on his back, and I think four to one's a fair, fair price about him. No strong opinion in the handicap chase, uh, or the veterans chase. The Ballymore, no, he settles is a nice race. Um, Herbrisco sets the standard, um, with some decent form. Uh, behind Champ Keeley and winning a, a Galway novice hurdle. Hermes Allen made an impressive uh, start to his career over uh, at Stratford. He won fairly decisively. And two horses that have faced off against each other before, a collector's item, and we've all been caught. Um, we've all been caught, got the better of, of collector's item last uh, in a bumper last year. However, um, collector's item has the experience over hurdles, beating Hugo's new horse at Chepstow early season. Um, he needed every part of that two mile and carried on galloping. Step up in trip, I think, will suit him. He has the penalty. Uh, sorry, he doesn't have a penalty because he's a grade two. Um, however, he's got the experience of a we've all been caught, who was very close to being added to my um, Turf Talk 12 to follow at the start of the season. Um, and I'm interested to see how he goes in this. Pitched in at the deep end first time out, so. Uh, hopefully Nigel Twiston Davis will kickstart the season strongly as he normally does. Uh, I think I think I'll, I'll probably end up playing the both of them um, to take on the front two in the market. And nothing in the novice handicap hurdle at the end of the card. Probably two bets for me tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I'm not mega keen on anything, Jim. Uh, I'm really low sky. Uh, if I do have a bet, it will probably be the play, but nothing is really standing out uh, to me as being as being max bet material. Really, uh, I know he's a a short enough price, I guess, coming over from Ireland as well. But Enki Flax should probably take all the beating in the first as well, eleven to two. Uh, I could see that getting shorter as well, but nothing major for me on the Friday. Which means we can move swiftly on to the Saturday card at Cheltenham, uh, Jim. You like one in the Triumph Hurdle trial, which I was surprised by, given that this is my idea of punting hell this earlier in the se- this early in the season. These graded juvenile races, I tend to find them all much of a muchness, and I've, I'll probably have forgotten who most of these horses are by February. Uh, but you have an opinion, pal? Yeah, a, a race that often strikes fear into the heart of punters. Uh, and I'm taking the ball by the horns here, and there's there's obviously uh, the Johnny Delahaye owned 
and Paul Nichols trained Blue King Daru, uh, who heads the market. And I'll probably look to take him on. In, in, in recent years, he's targeted this race with certain horses. Just off the top of my head, I think it might be Magistrato. Um, and they've always been slightly underwhelming. Um, and there's other horses who set decent standards. And a horse who, I think, slightly overpriced in comparison to a few others, just because of his trainer, who's Mr. Freedom. Um, he seemed to be a revelation over, over hurdles. Um, winning uh, three of his five starts. He ran out last time at Weatherby when coming into contention against Mediaf and Tudum, Tudum Green. Uh, he was coming into some serious contention and, and he got a little bit bumped and it said he ran out, but I think he just got squeezed for a little bit of room. He was going the best of, of the three that were going towards uh, this, the second last. And I think he would have got up that day. I mean, he's, he went in, he went into that race rated 120 and the handicap has kept him on the same. I know this isn't a handicap. Um, but I feel like this race is, is something that requires a little bit of experience. And, uh, with reopposing rivals here, I just thought he was a little bit of value, um, at eight to one. He'd been running over two mile two and two mile, uh, two mile two at, at Fontwell and Plumpton, and the stiffer finish at Cheltenham, I think, will suit him a lot more than some of these speedier types. Um, he wasn't anything that special on the flat. He, he finished rated off 54, running over a mile and three at Windsor, and stamina wasn't something that I necessarily thought would be his forte, but it's, it's clearly shown uh, a difference over hurdles this season. And I just thought he offered a little bit more value in a race where I think they're all very much of a muchness. You'd probably be looking more towards the Fred Winter with most of them. Um, however, Mr. Freedom for unexpo- well, an un- unexposed trainer and jockey combination, uh, who often you see on a Monday at Plumpton, could be getting grade two glory with Mr. Freedom. And I don't, I don't blame him for, for having a dart in this. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I like the case you've made there. As I said earlier, nothing for me here. Uh, I find the amateur jockey's handicap at 110 a little bit more interesting, but I'll let you take the lead on this as well, Paul, because I know you've got a very strong fancy. Yeah, one of my best bets of the weekend, if I'm being brutally honest. I think Valshida will take a hell of a lot of beating. Uh, he's running off a mark of 129. He won at Foslas, beating... Um, not as good a rival as he'd be facing there off a mark of 125 in a limited handicap chase. Prior to that, he was second to Killer Kane in a novice handicap chase at Kempton over three miles. Um, Killer Kane then went on to win the listed race at Sandown. Um, his jumping wasn't necessarily very good at Kempton, um, but I, I often can put a slight line through horses jumping at Kempton. You're always on the turn, you're always. Uh, you have to get hit every beat perfect. Uh, and it's a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a front runner's track, but I, I'd rather your horse, horse be, be read, ridden further to the front. And he just possibly was a slight bit outpaced, uh, on the three miles around Kempton. Never really got in a rhythm. And, um, he still did well to finish second, uh, in the end into a subsequent listed winner. Um, he, Fell at Newbury on his, his chase debut. He's a big bull of a horse, galloping type, and um, he was just slightly novicey um, towards late on in the race, and, and that cost him. 
But I feel like there's a lot more progression to come from him. Staying handicapped chases are going to be his game. Off a mark of 1-2-9, I think he's dangerous with one of the best amateur rider jockeys in Will Biddick uh, in the saddle. And Nicky Henderson's horses are absolutely flying at the minute. I think it was something like a, a 37% strike rate. Um, and there'll be a bit of a theme of, of Nicky Henderson, I think, throughout this podcast for me, which isn't something I often say. Um, but I think he's targeted this weekend. And I think that three to one is more than fair value in a competitive race with horses that are in form. But I think there's a lot more progression to come from this seven-year-old who we've only seen in five starts so far. Yeah, no, mate, I I can't disagree with any of that. I'm I'm keen on Val Sheeder as well. The only thing that for me is a slight worry is that there's, well, not, and it's not a worry about him. It's the idea that there's there's another horse I'm, quite keyed on in the race, which is a Nighty Lambon, who I thought shaped really well over C&D back in October in another amateur jockeys race where she was just nabbed very late by Jimmy the Digger, who reopposes. But I thought a Nighty Lambon uh, went through the race like the best horse at the weights there. Uh, she's up six pounds, has Jack Andrews taking over from Gina Andrews. Uh, I just think she's, a, she's a, a mare going the right way in these sort of uh, staying chasers. She's fifteen to two. It shocked me if she didn't hit the frame again. But yeah, I agree. Val Sheeder is the one with the most upside and probably does take the beating. In that amateur jockeys event, the Arkle Trial at one forty-five is a very interesting contest for the time of year. To be fair, I reckon you can make make cases for a good number of these. Mon Miral five to two, five to beat Tommy's Oscar, who's three to one. 7-2, Banbridge, 6 is Pentland Hills, 12 is Glory and Fortune, 20 is Soul Pretender, and Fuzain is 125-1. to one. Uh, Hoover up the value there, boys. Uh, any opinion on this, mate? I think this is, this is a good race if it's tight for the time of year. You know, well, Monmoral, um, good hurdle last year, Tommy's Oscar, and Banbridge, Chatham Festival, you know. Yeah, I'll let you take the reins. It's not a race I'm overly enthusiastic about, but I'd be intrigued to hear what your thoughts are on the, I don't think I don't think there's an awful lot between them and I don't think they'll be top top quality um, however I'm interested to know what you you say about this uh, I think Tommy's Oscar's the bet Jim yeah I really do I, th- I think he's probably the best of these over hurdles just about uh, not, I don't think there's much between him and Monmiral. I'll probably peak Petland Hills to be fair, even though, you know, we didn't see him for a while until he he beat no one at Huntingdon uh, the other day. But I, you know, Tommy's Oscar was was going the right way all of last season, uh, even though it was only a match on his chasing debut at Carlisle. It was a really tidy performance to overhaul Jeremino late, who was a a progressive horse himself who was getting lumps of weight from Tommy's Oscar over a stone and had the benefit of race fitness. I thought that represented a really promising chasing debut from Tommy's Oscar. I see no reason why he won't be just as good over fences. And uh, Mon Miral obviously is, 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 is a horse with a lot of, maybe not quite hype, hype might be too strong a word, but I think he's a horse who a lot of people anticipate to be 
to be capable and better than what he's shown already. And what he's shown already, you know, don't get me wrong, he's good. He was runner-up in the name tree hurdle last season. But it, I, I guess it was a little bit of a mediocre second, wasn't it? He kind of plugged on on the flat and uh, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been nearly that close if if it wasn't for Zara here and, and Guardian Dreams departing late in that event. Uh so I'd, I'd 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 be happy to say on achievements over hurdles, Tommy's Oscar was superior. I, I, I don't really, you know, uh, want to suggest that race fitness will be a huge advantage to Tommy's Oscar, given that Mon Morale is trained by Nichols and Hills will just be raring to go. But it won't hurt. And given the fact that Anne Hamilton's horse is a bigger price, I'd I'd happily back him. Uh, no issue with Bambridge either, who, again, I think adds to the contest. Obviously, won the Martin Pike last season, made a promising debut himself over fences at Goran at the start of last month. That was over two and a half miles, and that'll probably be where his future lies with the chaser. Surely he's not going to uh, outspeed some of these. Although, to be fair, I don't think he's a slouch at two and a half miles. But whereas I see, I see Tommy's Oscar and... Maybe not quite so much Mon Mural, but definitely Pentland Hills has been, you know, pretty bang on two milers. I, I like Bambridge as a prospect, and I think he'll run well without winning here. Pentland Hills, God knows, mate, could be anything, could be anything. But I think, I think. Uh, what that walkover didn't prove how good he is. Well, mate, I was impressed. I was impressed. He crossed the line with his head in his chest. I tell you what, he cruised into contention now. I thought nothing's going to stop him here. I thought he could have gone round again, really. <laughs> but I, I think six to one is a short enough price for a horse we haven't seen in a proper race over jumps for two and a half years. Mm. You know, yeah. even though you know he, he was on rude health in the flat when he came back and won at Haydock, but even that, I am half wary of how Triumph Hurdlers uh, train on. I don't think it was the best Triumph Hurdle that Pentland Hills won. You know, the the, the three that chased him home were Curse of Bleem, uh, Gardens of Babylon, who is a horse I I genuinely couldn't tell you anything about. Anymore, and Nelson River, who is what a one thirties ish handicapper. So I don't think it was a great race. Uh, better form when he beat Fakir Dudry at Aintree, but he's he's not he's he's not won over jumps since then. I know he's only had three attempts. Uh, I think he'd be short, and I'm su- surprised to a degree that Glory and Fortune is double his price because he had a productive season last year. You know, finished fifth in the Champion Hurdle, albeit a a relatively, you know, non-threatening fifth. Uh, but he progressed last season, but obviously won the Betfair hurdle. He also adds to the race, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be foolish to suggest in other years, Glory and Fortune would, would be favourite for a race of this nature at this time of year. You know, they can often be with us, but this is uh, this, this looks like a strong one. Uh, and Salt Trend has been, been a fine horse for Norman Lee, but maybe just a level below uh his opposition here. So yeah, Tommy's Oscar a, f- a confident ish selection for me. Uh maybe not bullish, but I think there's lots of reasons to be positive about the horse and at the prices I'd prefer to be with him than the favourite. Yeah, that's more than fair. I, I think 
Glorian Fortunes had two tries over fences before and was very unsuccessfully jumping. Um, wasn't something that was made me go, well, he's certainly a chaser. Uh, they put him back over hurdles and he, he reaped the rewards last year. And he's he's not he's probably not one I, I, I'd be on side here. The interesting stat I was reading around on Twitter early on so, uh, tonight. Um, twenty seven of two hundred and fifty two horses first time over fences at Cheltenham have won, so that's ten percent. In my head, I don't like first time chasers at Cheltenham. And Mon Morel takes the fences on for the first time. He probably would have been out before if the ground wasn't as good. Um, he has the most potential out of the lot in this field. Do I like him first time up at Cheltenham? Possibly not. Like you said, Lewis, I think Tommy Oscar is the slight, slight bit of value at the minute. I think he'd be possibly shorter on the day. Bambridge is a horse I've got a, bit of, a lot of time for. He made a very nice chasing debut at Goran in that beginner's chase. Uh, jumped well, uh, dominated the field from the front, and which he should have, really, looking at the horses in behind. Um, and brings the Cheltenham form in for, uh, last season. I know it was over hurdles in the Martin Pipe. Um, but his price is a little bit short for me. Now, if he was around the 5-1 to one mark, that would certainly interest me. Um, but it would probably be a no bet and a watch race for me. But I'm intrigued to know how uh, Mon Morel gets on against Tommy Oscar. Yeah. No, mate, I'd, 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 I'd agree with that. Exciting race. For this time of year, on to the big one at 220, the Paddy Power Gold Cup. They currently bet 9 to 2 French Dynamite, 13 to 2 Galore, 7 Stolen Silver, 17 to 2 Il Ridotto, 11's Galahad Quest, 12's Midnight River, 14's Happy Go Lucky, 16's Mr. Fisher, 82 Dejit, the legend that is called Cody, and Umbrigado, 20's bar them, including the David Maxwell owned and ridden simply the bets. Yes. Please don't put him up, Jim. Uh, <laughs> who do you fancy? I, I, I fancy simply no. Um, it's a race who... I've got a little bit of a shortlist. Um, the horse that is screaming value bet to me uh, is Umbregado for David Pipe, 16-1. to 1. Um, We've seen him in, in rude health over hurdles this season at Newton Abbott so far. He was second to Mr. Yates, and then he got the better of Mr. Yates and Valentino over three mile two, three mile two uh, at Newton Abbott. Um, however, if if you look at David Pipe's record in this race, he's won it with Great Endeavour off the off a similar mark uh, in 2011. He's now off the same mark over fences as what he was when he won the Great World Gold Cup at Newbury in 2021. Um, I know this is over two mile four, and stamina is clearly uh, to the forefront. We've seen him run over three mile two over hurdles, but last season over two mile four, that was more his uh, his game. He's back to his last winning mark over fences. Uh, I got a feeling sixteen to one's a slight bit overpriced for if you're getting five places on the day. He's a horse that's a lot over hurdles, and hopefully he can run well at sixteens. The other horse, uh, I like his over Dotto. Lewis has put him in the turf top 12 to follow. Um, he he was impressive at Newbury, and, and you feel like you're waiting for that other performance. 
to come now into handicap company uh, off a mark of 140. He's had wind surgery. I'd expect um, him to improve, like Lewis has said in the preview uh, pod for this. And two mile four is something that I think Lewis might have a worry about, but I'm not necessarily as much worried about it. Um, I think in time he will want two mile four or get two mile four. Um, it's worth giving it a try now. Uh, happy go lucky the horse who I, I have to give a mention because he was a tremendous servant um, two seasons ago for for Kim Bailey winning at Aintree in a competitive handicap chase, beaten in the ultimate by Vintage Clouds. He won uh, the novice chase in December at Cheltenham. He seemed to relish going over fences, um, and he's been off for a while now with an injury. Back here, it's, it's going to be some. Some feat for him to do that, but he's a horse I've got a lot of time for, and I'm hoping they can reap the rewards within this season. Um, and the other horse is Garlaw. Uh, I think he was an obvious eye catcher in the old Rowan. Um, blundered very badly at the 12th. His jumping wasn't that good, and he still plodded on to finish third. He's a horse whose jumping had been pretty accurate in previous seasons as well. Um, I remember that, that round of jumping at Exeter that he was absolutely perfect um, off a mark of 142 the same mark that he finished third behind Riders on the Storm and Hitman I think he'll go go well here um, he's never been around Cheltenham that would possibly be my only slightly worry uh, a, a, a fairly inexperienced horse who I think could progress a bit, a bit more French Dynamite I mean has rock solid form um, being competitive in, in the uh, novice handicap at Punchestown. He won uh, the hurdle race at Thurlers to prove that he's he's still in fine form. Um, and he's got bits and pieces of nice graded novice chase form. Um, but I'd probably look to take him on because I, I don't like backing favourites in, in these sorts of handicaps. Um, but other than that, it's a race I'm looking forward to. There's a lot of nice horses, a lot of old faces in here. Um, but my main bet in the race will be Umbregado. Um I, I think he will go well. And if not, they'll, they'll probably try their hand over, over hurdles for the rest of the season. Yeah, mate, that's that's very fair enough. You were right with we kind of my thoughts on Ilbidoto. I, I think he's a very, very well handicapped horse still. But I'm just not sure whether a stamina test at this trip would be well up his street. I can see him, I can see him staying it, but I'm not sure whether he'll excel over yeah. it. I, I, I kind of, I still prefer him as a strong traveling two miler or extended two, a sort of Holden Gold Cup trip. I'd have loved to see him in that, although given how, how well Grenadine performed there, no complaints with him, not winning him there, but I think I'd have preferred him for, that sort of setup, uh, he will have to get home here. There won't, won't be a hiding place. Uh, I, I found it tricky this, to be fair. And I, I, I normally, you know, I, I love races like this. I love getting my teeth stuck into them, and I can normally make cases for many. Nothing immediately struck me as being as being um, max bet material out here. I, I have landed on Galore. Eventually, uh, and it is mainly just off the basis of the old Roman that run that I thought he he shaped very very well after such a long layoff, uh, getting very close to a 
really well handicapped winner in Riders on the Storm, and a high class horse in Hitman who, you know, who well, probably should have won, probably dogged it a little bit again. Uh, and he's not the easiest to win with, but he's got a hell of a lot of ability. That was a fine one from Galore on his on his comeback. One four two, you know, still looks. Clearly a very workable mark, given what he was rated as a novice. You know, no, he was rated 150 after after winning his first three starts over fences. So there's clear upside to that. Uh, in a race where I, I like a lot of the horses in general, but I don't particularly think there's one a stone ahead of the mark. I don't think the winner this year makes him into a graded performer. No, I, I think they'll all stick, stick to handicaps this year. Yeah, which is which is kind of why I'm I'm struggling to have a strong, strong, strong opinion. Stolen silver, I think it's got a really good chance. Absolutely bolted up at the Cheltenham April meeting over C and D. Although again, I'm a little bit wary of form from from that that time of year, especially some of his his main rivals. You know, Cool Code and Moolah Gold uh, were coming in off off the back of very very long seasons. Uh, but no, no issue to see him in French Dynamite's obviously very interesting. You've got to go back to Tranquil Sea to find the last Irish trained winner of this race. You know, and he, he was a graded novice chase winner last season. Uh, won a, won a grade three event at Furlis where he beat Seal Denage, who I think some people kind of had half in mind as a, as a sneaky each way Arkle horse. Uh, you know, he's third at Punchestown at the back end of the season behind El Barra and Bustleton reads really well now, obviously, with El Barra winning at Cork at the weekend and Bustleton's won a Kerry National. You know, so it's, it's the, his, his form looks strong and I understand why he's favourite at 148. There could be clear upside to this mark, but I'd, I'd, I'd side with Galore at the minute. I may have to have a small play on Hillary Dotter just because he'd do my head in if he wins. <laughs> My other question is, where is Tornham for aid? Because I think he'd have been madly competitive. Uh, I saw him on Twitter this week, he's out for the season. Is he actually? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where I saw it or who I saw it from, but there was definite chat on Twitter this week that he's out for the season. Well, that's one less to follow uh, in the turf talk as well. Well, bring a a quick sub in, Jim. Bring a call Ivan Tony up. Josh Stacey has tweeted Tornham Fred has been ruled out for the season. Oh, you've had a mare boy, unfortunately. Uh, bigger prices, nothing really strikes my eye. I, I thought Mr Fisher might not be a dreadful price at 16, but he ran appallingly in this race uh, on his return. The uh, cool Cody won it from a very similar mark. So that, that tempers enthusiasm a little bit. His seasonal return last year came in the King George, so no no issue with him running down the field there. Well, pulling up, but, you know, making it in. But that was a stiff task anyway. But the fact remains that on his last two seasonal reappearances, he's been pulled up. And the year before that, he let Torpillo beat him in a novice chase. So it's not exactly the best first time out record for Mr Fisher. Uh 
but he hasn't had much racing in handicaps for a while, and I do think once one five six is a sort of mark he could be competitive from if there was going to be a swing at a bigger price, it'd be him. But it's not a big enough price to make me want to play myself. Yeah, understand. Looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to it though as we move on to the two fifty five, the Paddy Power Games handicap hurdle. Uh, any strong opinion here, Jim Shearer heads a betting at seven to two annual Invictus, thirteen to two City is male. Paddle your own canoe seven to one on the blind sides fifteen to two and you're looking at twelves bar them. Um not a not a strong opinion, but I think the value is possibly a, a horse who not everyone can trust and I I've had a bit of a hit and miss relationship with throughout the years. He's on the blind side. Um off a mark of one four four here. Um he's won Cheltenham handicaps off one four five. Uh, that listed handicap hurdle where he beat Mrs Milner, who went on to win the Potemps final. Um, he won that off 145. Um, he ran well in a handicap off 150. He's run well off a lot higher marks. Um, he was slightly disappointing towards the end of last season, but if he was to rekindle any, uh, any of his old form against not as good rivals here, I think he'll be competitive. I mentioned that Nicky Henderson, I think he's, he's targeted this meeting. Uh, and his horses are, are, are going superbly well at the minute. If he runs to his long-distance hurdle run of last year, I don't think he'll be too far away here. Um, we know he goes well at Cheltenham. We know that he's, he's one that you can trust a few more than others in this. Stamina is, is to the forefront of his ability. There's a few in this who I've got slight question marks on staying uh, ability. And I just thought he, he offered a little bit of value at 15-2 in... A race I'm not overly enthusiastic about, but I'll probably be playing him each way. I like Shearer a lot, but um, I just I think I want to get him on. I'm not sure how strong I take that novice hurdle form. I, I know Twig has come out and romped up at Kempton, but that was a waff race. Um, an annual Invictus is a horse who I, I, I can't really trust in recent years. It, it, just going back to his Plumpton third behind Alexia the Nuts, that was the most bizarre race I've, I've possibly watched. Um, he just was never never really in love with the game. Um, and he's not a horse. He's a horse who I used to think was would make up into a nice chaser, and he'd probably been disappointed, but back over hurdles here, he, he'll probably run his race. Sidi Ismail will want this to turn into a proper test. His stamina will be to uh, will be to the front, um, but I thought a fifteen to two on the blind side was was probably worth having a, a beer quid each way. That's fair, mate. I find this I'm struggling with this really. I get why she was a favourite. He's a right favourite. He's a sexy one in this. He's progressive and he's going the right way and he's unexposed in handicaps. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, the form took a boost, albeit a minor one with Twig only having to, to beat Twigs uh, <laughs> earlier in the week. But, you know, I, I fully, fully see that. I, I was struggling, mate. Uh, what what do you make of C.D. Ismail after his Worcester win? He was one that I, I half considered, given that he's he's a better chaser and... He's only up five pounds for winning winning up most of the last time, and he definitely stays, which you can't say for many of of these. Well, many of the ones who arrive in a bit of form, at least. Uh, so, 
the more I'm saying that, he's just he's had another wind up as well. But the more I actually look at Sidney Ismail, the more I actually like his chances. The other one I half looked at was Fontana Alisi right down at the foot of the weights. Uh, you know, ran well chasing home Seddon over two and a half miles here at the last Cheltenham meeting. He was a fair, fairly big price then as well. Up in trip again in a stronger event. But at least he arrives here on the back of a good, good effort. And, you know, he'll be getting lumps of weight off horses who haven't particularly been holding the form recently. Uh, and I'm sure we'd get what everyone wants to see uh, with Robbie Dunn having a winner on a big day at Cheltenham. CD uh, is male if pushed in, but not enthusiastic. Yeah, like, like you said about Fontana Alisi, I like, I like his chances, but I, I, stamina isn't something that I, I had him down for. He looked absolutely out on his feet uh, last time out. But that's too much far. I think there'll be a races to be won with him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think on the blind side, he's, I can't believe I'm, I'm fancying him, but I, I think he's, he's got a better chance than a few who are, who are in this. Yeah, he's, he's not to a really nice mark, hasn't he? Yeah, not to a really nice market. I'd just be a little bit worried about whether he's he's fully on the downgrade yet. But yeah, this, this is tricky. She she was obvious, in, uh, and it wouldn't shock me if he went and won. To be fair, and, and seventy two might end up making making appeal to people, and I, I wouldn't blame them if it did. To be fair, because you know, Annie Bowling Victors has a bit to prove. You know, having been pulled up last time, you know, paddle your own canoe. It's been been a been a long time since he's won a race. And I don't think he I don't think he wants this stamina sapping distance. I know he's got bits and pieces of form over extreme distances, but I, I thought two mile four would be to the top of him if I'm being honest. Yeah, there's a fanny and a fun time to release. You have stamina to prove. Yeah. So it's 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 not a heat that inspires me to be fair, but yeah, if pushed, city is male, but probably one I'll leave alone from a punting point of view. Uh, anything for you in the final two races at Cheltenham on Saturday, Jim? The intermediate hurdle at three thirty and the listed mares bumper. Uh, nothing favourite. Nothing original um, in the intermediate hurdle. I think wise guy. I keep banging on. I, I'm going to seriously play the Nicky Anderson double and trebles this weekend. Um, I, he beat Hillcrest in a bumper at Doncaster. He was third on hurdling debut at Fontwell behind that that's all right. Gino. Um he beat Anamon uh at Doncaster off a mark of one one nine. Uh is now rated one two two. I'd expect him to carry on his progression. Very lightly raced against some inform rivals, but we know where we stand with him and I'm not expecting a lot more progression for him and then um Queen's Gamble was very, very impressive beat Mullenberg last year uh, at Cheltenham in the last uh, race in the Mayor's Bumper. Uh, I, I think she'll go very well. Lucia's had her issues um, and that would be a slight worry if she'd be bouncing back. But once again, the Nicky Anderson double and travel will be, will be laughing on this. Um, and also, Kiss My Lucky Egg, who I have to give a mention to because... Cool Runnings is possibly one of my favourite films of all time. She's my lucky egg, no complaints there, mate. Uh, before we move on to the Cheltenham Sunday, I'll just briefly 
touch on the nice card, which is very good on Saturday. The fish relay hurdle sees Brazil take on Phil Dor. Phil Dor giving a nine pounds to Padraig Rocha's horse. That that looks a very interesting race, uh, especially with 300 to one shot surviving Mamansk involved, whose last two starts have been finishing. Uh, 18th of 19 in a 6 furlong handicap at the Curra, and then 11th of 12 in a mile 6 maiden at Goran. So he's extended his quest to find in how many different types of races he can get battered in. Uh, the Brown Lord handicap hurdle will be competitive as ever, and the Poplar Square Chase sees the return of Gentleman Demi. He's got Cooler Sublime uh, to beat, and the mighty gallant John John who at 40 to 1 is surely the nap of the weekend. What a horse, Gallant John Joyce. No, I love him. Same year, same old shit. It's not shit. He wins a big one at some point. At some point, it will happen. He wins a big one. Uh, the year is 2032. <laughs> it'll happen. I promise you it'll happen. I've never been so sure of anything in my life. And, uh, Free stripe life goes over fences for the first time. A grand jury looks to be his main rival in that. Before we wander on to the Sunday gym, we don't have final declarations yet. Uh, the opening novice chase uh, is an interesting one because your mate, the real whacker, uh, is jocked up with Gavin Sheehan involved. And my best mate, Bally Griffin Cottage, is jocked up with Harry Skelton on board. Uh, Mr Coffee as well, the Kim Muir runner-up. Uh, an interesting one in there, Jim. No prices, but that should be intriguing. And surely, surely, even a, as much of a fan of the Wacker as you are, you can put your feelings aside and cheer on the mighty Bally Griffin Cottage. <laughs> yeah, Bally Griffin, Griffin Cottage sets the standard here. Um, Bardenstown lad also entered who quite clearly showed a, a very enjoyable liking to fences at Listall. Um but Bally Griffin should should go well. Scipion's in this as well. He's a horse who's held in high regard by Tom Lacey, and he's got nice bits and pieces of form behind Hillcrest, Staghorn, um, and he made a chasing debut at Utoxeter. Um, he, his jumping was a little bit disappointing, but I'd expect him to brush up on that, and I think there'll be handicaps to be won with him later on in the season, uh, but Bally's going to take all the beat. Up the boy, some dude. Uh, moving on to the Schlur Chase, Jim. Another really interesting one. They currently bet Edward Stone four to six to beat Nubi Negra at six to four. Editor Jajit's tens, but he runs in the Paddy Power, and then you're looking at sixteens bar them. So practically a match race. At the price, Jim, I back the Skelton Horse. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I've only just seen the prices for this, and I'd say he's the bet. Definitely, definitely. Goes well, goes well fresh. Every year, goes round Cheltenham well, uh, sets the form standard as in he's a seasoned graded chaser. Edward Stone, all a bit, he was impressive last season and he was good in all these starts, barring Aintree, where he's possibly slightly over the top. Um, he's still got to progress again into open company, and at six to four, I'd rather be back in Newby Negra than Edward Stone. Agree. Agree fully, mate. And, uh, you know, he's he's the best horse Edward Stone will come up against pretty much, isn't it? And I love Edward Stone. What a likeable, likeable animal he is. But Newman Edgar was half a length of winning a champion chase two years ago. 
and he's not he's not really regressed. Solid comeback in this race last year. You know he okay he maybe didn't quite quite make as much impact as we'd have liked on his final two starts last season, but he, he it wasn't a major regression and and he doesn't have to improve much to well improve really at all. His best form. Would see him take the beat in here. Edward Stone, I think, needs to improve past him. And I, I, as I said, I love Edward Stone, but, you know, defeating Gabby Nacko, Blue Lord, and Warlord in the Arkle is a level below what Newbenegra's achieved. Yeah, even Newbenegra's dirty granite probably better. So, uh, yeah, I think Newbenegra's, look, if you listen to this before final deck, six to four antipo, skeletons jocked up. Get on. I think that's a cracking price. I really do. Four to six to six to four. I think he's ridiculous. It should be closer to even money, the pair. In my opinion, and even then, I think I'd still fractionally be with Nubi Negra. Uh, the Premier Handicap Chase Jim over the extended three miles free sees Musical Slave, who has somehow got his act together towards the back end of last season. A horse who... I have put up at prices for handicaps time and time again, and he let me down time and time again. But he arrives after two wins and then chasing home Hewick in the Bet365 Gold Cup at the back end of last year. He's a 100-30 to 30 favourite to beat Does He Know at 9-2. Fantasticus 9-2. Hold that tour eights. Ramsey's the Tay, Tens, Trucker's Lodge and uh, Slipway. Eleven to one, and then twelves bar them, which include the mighty Don, who I feel like has run out of this meeting every year for at least the last seven years. Uh, Jim, any opinion? Just looking at this briefly. I, I know, I know that you're you're a massive fan of Fantasticast, and he'll be top of your shortlist. It's not a race I'm overly enthusiastic about, but three mile three staying chases plodding round Cheltenham is bang up your street. Yeah, it is, and, and and you're right. I I'll be I'll give Fantasticus another go. Uh, I thought you know I was so keen on him going into the Ultima. Did he not win the Ultima? Because you were that confident. I thought going into the Ultima that there was no other horse in the race. Oh, but the thing is, Jim, you've got to remember as well that we got the value. But you know what's worse? That's all that matters. There was That's seven. All that matters. There were seven places in the Ultima, right? With certain bookmakers, I got lost in translation, of course. He nabbed lost in translation for seventh. And for that, Fantasticus will always be on my hit list. <laughs> oh no. I feel like I feel like that was that was done on purpose as well, just to spite you with the horse. Uh I'm I backed at twenty five to one. I saw him going to eight, so I thought I am a genius. I am the brainiest man on the planet. And then once again he was just absolutely never really a threat. Uh, but no, look, I, I really like the way he was shaping prior to that. You know, it won, won narrowly at Lingfield. Uh, and look, the, the, the Ultima, it sounds like a daft thing, but the form is just always strong, isn't it? Already proven. You, you just look at the field of that Ultima, it's superb, isn't it, when you look at it, really. There's just, like, the best staying chases around, all within the top. Like, Frodon finished 12. We saw what he did last weekend. It's just yeah. mad. And it was a scruffy race last year as well. Form already being franked by our power, who was only a length and a half ahead of Fantastic House. And to a degree, T Clipper, who I think ran another good race in behind our power at Ascot. Uh, 
yeah, just no issue with the seventh there. I was I was disappointed, but in hindsight, I don't think it was miles below what he'd been doing beforehand. Uh, didn't like him in the Scottish national. Don't think he's gonna. Don't think he's a stayer stayer. Really, no. didn't strike me as that sort of horse. Uh, back down in trip here. I think he's definitely worth another chance here, mate. Uh, up against the favourite musical slave, yes, I know we got his act together slightly towards the back end of last season, but he's just not the sort of horse I want to be punting in in any sort of competitive race at a short price because he has a long and long and a slightly disappointing history of just throwing the towel in really in, in these sort of races. Uh, does he know? Can fully see why why people might like him. You know, didn't get far at, at Kelso on his reappearance, but one five two could still be a, a workable mark. Good old Ramsey's is still only ten. And again, he he's, only ten. Correct. Yes, and, and he's down to one three seven now, which again isn't a isn't a mark that that uh, that would stop him if he if he regains any sort of form. Won this off twelve pounds higher two years ago. Uh, he might be half interesting, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be happy enough going with uh, Fantastic as giving him another chance because I, I was so keen on him as a as a young staying handicapper to follow last season, and I don't think we can say categorically yet that this marks beyond him. Mm-hmm. The feature race gym of the Sunday is the Greatwood. Handicap hurdle. He currently bet six of Sonny Gino and Dan's Lad, seven to one thousand tiers, eights I like to move it, twelves West Cork Jim Coco, fourteens Teddy Blue near the Terrier, sixteen to one bar them mate. Uh again we don't have final declarations, which makes life a little bit harder, but from an anti post point of view on Thursday evening. Where are you going, mate? Um it's not a race I've got an awfully strong opinion of. Soningo obviously sets the standard. He won Two at Chepstow, BT Forever William and, and Nina the Terrier. Um, he's up to a mark of 133, having been 119 at the start of the season. He's done enough to warrant that rise in the weights. Is he possibly well handicapped going into this? I'm not entirely sure. Dad's lad's been uh, great to follow and, and would have been great to own, uh, showing his progression. Uh, in recent series, uh, in recent seasons, over different codes, um, the horses, the horses that I do like, I mean, I'm intrigued to see how Harbour Lake goes in this, and I'm not entirely sure stepping down to two mile will be what he wants, because he was slightly outpaced um, in in two mile novice hurdles early on in his career, um, and. His victory at Market Raisin, he didn't find as much off the bridle as I was possibly expecting. He was a bit trapped for room. And he cruised into contention over two mile four. Um, and I think you've often got to be a fairly speedy enough animal at to, to be winning Market Raisin. There's a, there's a fairly long running before the second last, uh, between the third last and the second last. And he had enough speed to take him into that race. He's up to a mark of 135, up £5 for that being beat by Big Bad Bear, uh, beating Big Bad Bear. Um, but I'd be intrigued to see how a well-run, quick two-mile uh, handicap hurdle, how it would go here. 
Um, he was slightly outpressed in the Sydney Banks off top of my head, and that was over too far. That turned into a little bit of a sprint. Um, I'd be intrigued to how he goes here. Um, Cormier is a horse who who loves to run in this race. We've seen him running it uh, twice before. He was seventh behind the Shunter uh, in 2020. In 2021, he was uh, 15th behind West Cork and disappointing. Um, but he does have decent Cheltenham form. Uh, off a mark of 130, he won that Cheltenham handicap. Ben Bromley, £7 off, takes him to 131. I think at 25, he offers a little bit of value in, in this race. Uh, and I like to move it last season. Did well early season and, and first time out and early on in the year, I think he's went, went to catch him. And I think he's... He's at the shorter prices. He's I'd have him towards the top of of, of my shortlist. Fair enough, mate. I I fully see why Sonny Gino and Dad's ladder are at the top of the betting, and it wouldn't shock me if either of them won. Uh, Sonny Gino. I want to say in particular because I've been really really taken by what he's done uh, this season so far. <laughs> but that probably makes it sound like I'm a little bit more dismissive of. Willie Mullins horse who won at Cheltenham last time out and he's switching codes which just sounds like a like a recipe to make money really doesn't it but away from those two at the top of the betting who I think both hold really really you know strong strong chances and I, I, I expect to see them both run good races two who catch my eye a little bit of a bigger price and I hope might outrun their odds. One of them is a 20-to-1 shot, a different kind from the Donald McCain yard who's still not had much racing in handicaps, as he said over two and a half miles last time uh, just edged out by peaking rows, back down in trip I think he remains with potential in this sort yeah. of and, yeah, uh, my, worry, my worry with with uh, a different kind is just is two miles going to be too sharp Point to point background, we've seen him on when he has won over two miles, it's been on heavy ground, and I, I just don't think he's as speedy as a few others. A few of these that that's that's fair enough, Jim. Although it doesn't always go to a pace merchant, does it? The Greatwood, I wouldn't have called you know the likes of the Shunter Old Guard, I wouldn't have called them rapid, rapid. You know, it, it, it can sometimes uh, go the way of a horse who, whose future lies over further. Uh, so I, I, I take that point. I don't, I don't mind it. And an absolutely massive price. And he'll be, he'll be out of the weights, I assume, if he comes here. But just rewatch uh, the Imperial Cup last season and look at how well Lebowski shapes on the shittest section of the course, ground-wise. Uh, I, I thought I thought he's, he he was a real eye catcher that day, and he's a sort of horse I came into thinking this season, you know, from from a reduced mark down to one two two, you know, would be worth backing on on his on his comeback or at least early into the season because I I just thought that he looked like a really well handicapped horse. Aye aye, fifty to one. Yeah, look, he he was last of the finishers in the Imperial Cup, but he travelled like a dream into it. 
Yeah, he did. He, he was bang there going towards two out, having having made loads of progress from the rear of the field. And I think a combination on being on the on the worst part of the of the course ground wise and having already made a big move, just saw him weaken quickly. But the the dropped him two pounds for that. You know, he he, he went he touched two point four in running. Which isn't, you know, I say it, it's short enough, isn't it? And you you look at that sort of horse and you think he's fifty to one here. On his comeback in a, in a similar race and a stronger race, but not markedly stronger. Uh, <coughs> sorry, I may need to cough slightly there, but uh, uh, I, he, he just really interested me, mate. I'm uh, off to go and back him. It, it will require an improved performance, but uh, yeah, just rewatch the Imperial Cup and focus on Lebowski. You get four places about him at fifties. You may have to have a go, mate. You may have to have a go because I thought, you know, it, it, it was just a really eye-catching one from a horse who, even off one two four, what he ran off on the Imperial Cup looked fair. Then dropped him for it, got tired late you know, on bad ground after making a, a significant move into into contention. Uh, I think that that that's about as good an effort beating ninety-one lengths as you will ever see in your life. <laughs> uh, so. He's one I I I have have in mind to be fair at a, a massive price and look it will require a a significant career best but I think they just see the P zero and uh, don't pay any attention to it really uh, completely unexposed in handicaps because he won twice in novice company last season and then they chucked him into the uh, is it the Rossington Rossington Man yeah the Grade Two at Haydock and. Uh, Again, he lost lost his action there and was pulled up. So, you know, one two two, I think underrates the amount of ability this horse has, and he's not had a chance to prove how good he is properly yet. We give him a go. The more I'm talking about it, the more I'm liking him at fifties. I'm I'm I've backed him. I've just backed him. <laughs> I'll have to follow him in, mate. Now, what? You've made a case, and I. I, I if so, if you're if you if you of all people make a case for a horse at fifty to one, I am certainly of interest because you're. I wouldn't say you like horses towards the head of the market, but you don't often look for bigger price winners. And when you do, they're normally not too far away. No, I, I hope so, mate. I hope so, mate. Just just say what you wanted to say there and call me a pussy and say I only back on. <laughs> You're just a massive favourite backer, and you're just a blocker wannabe. <laughs> That's the worst thing you've said to me in five years of doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, nothing else for me at Cheltenham on the Sunday, though, mate. Before we wrap it up, um, Cram- Crambo's running in the listed bumper. Uh, he got good form last season, beating some nice horses at Huntingdon. Um, one carrying the penalty. We didn't see him again, but he's in listed company here. He's been deserted by Paddy Brennan. Um, however, Connor Brace has ridden in the last twice, and I don't think he'll go be too far away in the bumper at the end of the card. That that uh, the Supreme Trials 
not as exciting as I want. Jim Coco's a horse who I've got a fair amount of time for. Ran well at Punchestown in that handicap hurdle um, and made a, a nice start to his season, beating some nice horses at Newton Abbott, but not, not a race I'll be having a betty. Fair enough, mate. Nothing else for me. At Cheltenham, uh, there's also good action again at, uh, in Ireland on the Sunday at Navin, the Liz Mullard hurdle, shaping up to be a very, very good race there, but we don't have final decks yet. So. And don't yeah. forget the, the Southern National at Fontwell. Christ, yeah, that, that is a, an absolutely cracking race every year. We love that, and it looks like a, a, an all right one this season as well. Uh, Southfield Harvest, who's a horse I've been a fan of for a long time, and he's some, some, some slow boat. Uh, already declared with Brian on board 4-1 to one. oh I made back that lovely stuff beautiful mate before we go I'll just ask you for your best bet of the weekend um, it'll have to be Val Sheeda in the second race at Cheltenham on Saturday 3-1 to one. I think he's outstanding value and he will take all the beating yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that mate I think Val Sheeda is a fair you know, will take a lot of beating and I think he's a fair price uh, at the minute, just for a little bit of variety, I think maybe both short Tommy's Oscar and Nubi Negro are both good bets in the graded races. Uh, but the more I look at Lebowski, the more I can so a nice win double on them two and a good each way bet on him. Yeah, that, that that'll be my major strategy this weekend. Nothing particularly clever from me at any of the other meetings, so it'll it'll have to be one of the one of them. What you mean, Lingfield's uh, listed Golden Rose and Churchill Sticks with the mighty Summergand doesn't doesn't interest you? Uh, it does interest me because Summergand's there and Judicial's there, so it is it is good fun race. But uh, no, uh, <laughs> not a week and a chance. Cristiano war. Martins rides the logo hunter. Um, in that race he sounds like he should play for Wolves <laughs> I was just thinking that when I saw the race card I'm thinking is he not in the Costa Rica World Cup squad <laughs> I've never heard of him ever no well we'll find out hopefully he wins at the weekend and we can fit, read more in the backstory of the mysterious uh, George Mendes owned <laughs> Cristiano Martins uh, there is a there is a uh, another listed race at Linfield as well where Bolshoi Ballet comes over you you wouldn't have thought that would you after, after he went off favourite for the derby that he'd be running in November at Lingfield still with Ballydoyle uh, he's not even favourite either uh, but really we've div- diverted and I think that's enough time uh, for us to have said anything worthwhile Jim uh, so thanks for being here pal and thank you for hosting Thanks to everyone for listening as well. Hopefully we've pumped some winners this weekend at Cheltenham. Uh, see you all again soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.